comment section. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Comment Section. Here in Season 4, didn't think it would start this way. We initially thought that we might have to put Comment Section in its own little subcategory, uh, a sub-segment within our podcast, Unwanted Answers, but it turns out we had a lot more to talk about um, that's been going on in the entertainment world than we thought we would. Um, so enjoy as we ramble and fall down that rabbit hole, as well as bring up some uh, interesting quarantine entertainment news of what's been going on in the realm of Hollywood uh, while it's been shut down, basically. So, but yeah, let's uh, get into some of the news from uh, what kind of is happening in Hollywood yes. and entertainment. Been the very few things, but there still are a few things happening in Hollywood. So who wants to go first for their comment section story? Um, I, I just have one pretty pretty short I, there's not a lot to say about it so uh you can you, you can you do yours first okay so i've been debating about what one to do i have a few but i know there's two one two of them that i've been looking forward to dimensioning i think i'll do the the fun one first bef- and then maybe save the uh the big one for later okay all right so you know right now in quarantine there are people who are just like, oh my god, doesn't this suck? But there are a few things at the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. And one yeah. of those things is that the Man of Steel, Superman, is returning to television. <gasps> That's right. Ooh, and you know what they said? This isn't the What's news that? story, but you know what they said? Yeah. When every yeah. when Hollywood opens up again, they're going to start filming the pilot. Ooh. Oh, yes. But we do... We do have some new news about the upcoming Superman Lois show. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, um, it has been announced that Emmanuel Treaky, I think that's what her name is, is going to play Lana Lang in Superman Lois. Lana Lang, a lot of people remember from in Smallville, was played by Kristen Crook. And according to Deadline, uh, this Lana, this version of Lana will be Lana Lang hyping Cushing. So she's married to, I think they said that they already cast who her husband will be in the show. But she's a loan officer at Smallville Bank who stayed in Smallville when others left for something bigger and brighter. Lana reestablishes her friendship with her old friend Clark Kent during one of the most difficult periods in her life. Ah. So, you know, we had it where now we have it with having this announcement of who's going to play Lana. We now have our big four from Smallville back in the show. We have our Superman. We have our Lois Lane. We have our Lex Luthor. And now we have our Lana Lang. And wow. um, there have been possible leaks about the pilot. I may know more about the pilot than I wish I did. But everything about <laughs> yeah. the pilot sounds amazing. But yeah. uh, so before we get into this, uh, I think it's really cool that we're gonna have Lana back in this show. I mean, these, these all these CW shows really—they were 
I mean, Arrow started the continuity, but they really all got kicked off with Smallville. So I think it's yeah. great that we're going to have Lana in the show again. And I really like this description that they're going to do. I'll probably go a little bit more of what I think this description means after you say your thoughts. But what do you think about Lana Lang being in Superman and Lois? That's really uh, that's really cool. Um, like like I've mentioned before, since Smallville is is practically my only uh, knowledge of Superman, uh, uh, besides just from being in other DC movies. Um, yeah, I the things I actually recognize are from that show. So um, that yeah, that gets me really excited for this show coming up. Definitely something. Definitely there's st- some stuff to look forward to at the end of the tunnel uh, when things get back to it. Yes. So um, there have been some things mentioned about the show that could be. There might have been some leaks about the show. I may know more about the pilot than what I've wanted to know. So I'm gonna give. A, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about them because they've been everywhere. But just so everyone knows, these could be potential spoilers. Okay. All right. All right. So. Uh, one thing that I heard about the show is that Clark Kent, uh, there's been some downsizing of the Daily Planet, so Clark Kent will be fired from the Daily Planet, and, uh, that his mom will die, and that he'll inherit the Kent farm, the same Kent farm that we saw in Smallville, that we also saw in the Elseworlds crossover. So, um, it sounds like... To raise the kids, they'll be moving back to Smallville, and Lois will probably be commuting back and forth from Smallville to Metropolis. My guess is that by the season finale, he'll get his job back at the Daily Planet. But yeah, another thing that we've heard, which, by the way, this description that they're talking about, about how um, Clark Kent is lo- losing his job at the Daily Planet and going back to Smallville, number one, it's like... It's almost a little bit of like, I think some of the problems that the modern Superman have had is that they tried to make Superman sad to tr- to make him relatable, but that's right. not the part of Superman that's relatable. Superman is uh, the the special thing in the story. The part that the audience is supposed to relate to is Clark Kent, and I right. think that having. Clark lose his spot the Daily Planet maybe might hurt Clark in a very special way because unlike with Superman like his job at the Daily Planet is like something he actually earned himself it wasn't something that he just had because of his powers that was something he worked for and he earned so I think that's going to be really interesting and I also think having his mom die and and going back to Smallville in the same Kent farm we saw from Smallville and raising his kids there, I know they're not connected, but I, this sounds like if you would have done like a Smallville season eleven, this almost sounds like one, what one could have sounded like. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely way more into the idea of like a more personable, down to earth series about the characters um, that makes Superman a much more interesting character to me. And also, so I also heard that um, one possible spoiler is that Lana could be in an abusive relationship with her husband. So right. it, could, it could almost put it to where 
you know, because it goes back to when you look back at the original Superman comics from 1938, it was about Superman kind of standing up for like the little guy. And this is kind of something that like Superman can't really just bust through a, a wall to save her. But maybe this is something like maybe Superman can't help Lana during this time, but maybe Clark Kent can. So, mm hmm. Uh, you know that these are just possible leaks, bull. So, what do you think about uh, that aspect of it? Oh, that yeah, um, yeah. Another. I think this this seems like everything everything right in terms of like I mean like to me something like Man of Steel is is not at all really what I'm looking for with the character Superman. Not that I'm really uh, an authority on that to begin with, but. In terms of what's going to get me to get on board and check out the show, um, this all these decisions are all in the right direction to me. So I am very much looking forward to having Superman back on television. And, you know, during this whole quarantine, I've just been like, you know what? I did not go through 10 seasons of waiting for Superman to become Superman just to kick the bucket now when he's finally we're gonna, finally going to have a show of him being <laughs> Superman. So, yeah. very exciting stuff for Superman Lois. Uh, I'm This is, like, for me, like, the big superhero project of 2020 that I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. That's really cool. All right. So, do you have any... Yeah, I've, I've got a sh I've got a short one that I just heard a couple days ago. Um, that to me was pretty like exciting news, uh, almost like uh, I don't know, almost too good to be true kind of news for me. But um, so just a couple days ago, it was announced, and this is probably as about as early as it can possibly get in this process so who knows if this will ever happen but some star wars news broke that there is plans for um there there is a new star wars movie being written um when that'll come out uh who knows especially with this current slowdown but in the early processes of being written is a new Star Wars movie separate from the uh, Skywalker saga. So this might be one of the first forays outside of that saga that we might be seeing. Uh, and it is co-written, directed and co-written by Taika Waititi. Uh, with uh, co-written, directed and, and written by Taika Waititi, co-written with him by uh, Christy Wilston Carnes. Um, yeah, I was. I actually had to check if this was like some kind of joke news at first, but yeah, one of my favorite directors probably. Um, apparently, going to be directing and co-writing a Star Wars movie. Um, it seems like an interesting choice. Like, it makes me, like, are they really trying to go down the the more, um, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, I in a way, I'm worried that if it is going to be sort of funnier, like Thor Ragnarok or, or something, since Taika Waititi is a, a, a comedy fan and likes to incorporate um, some comedy, 
Um, I worry that that might not be up Star Wars fans' alley, but we'll see. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll surprise even the Star Wars fans. So, did you ever see the? Did he direct an episode of The Mandalorian? Oh right, he 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 did, didn't he? Uh, or I kind of um, I've forgotten that when I saw this news. Um, which episode was it? Um, uh, because I, I actually I still haven't seen <laughs> the last few episodes. I don't know why, since I um, have been, I've had Disney Plus again for the last few weeks, but um, <clears throat> let me check. Oh, it's the first episode, or wait, no, no, this that was directed by Dave Filoni. Um, I can't figure out what episode it is. I wish I could figure it out so that I might have some idea of what uh, him directing Star Wars look like, but, uh, I mean, generally The Mandalorian is pretty well received by a lot of Star Wars fans and has a slightly more serious tone in general, so, um, he probably has proven himself as having something to do with Star Wars, and I can see that as a, as a good stepping stone. Well, so you're excited about um, Taika Waititi directing a Star Wars movie. The idea of it. Yeah, I'm j- the idea of it. Um, it's again, it's gonna be far, far off from today that that movie, if it ever does see the light of day, um, ha- uh, comes out, and like you know, uh, but I, I'm excited. That's all. That to me, that's like. Uh, Like, as far as announcements for who is going to direct the next Star Wars movie, there aren't that many options that would get me more excited. Um, And probably not that many... I mean, there aren't that many directors that I'm super familiar with, so (laughs) that it is one I'm familiar with is good. Well, I hate to say this, but I am not excited about this. Um, I, I can see that I've been trying to, I've been trying to sort of wrap my head around what this means. Cause it, it feels, it feels odd to me, I guess. Like, an, I, it feels like an odd choice, but, um. Well, before we get into, before we get into this, cause I had a feeling you were going to bring this up. So I made a list of some reasons why I'm not excited about this. Yeah, I'd like to. I, I actually would like to hear this because I've been kind of perplexed as what to think about it. All I right, just know and that none of I'm them have anything to, to do it. with Taika Waititi. Yeah. All right. Number one, it was announced Colin Trevorrow was directing Episode Nine. Number two, it was announced James Mangle was directing a Boba Fett movie that never got made. The director of Fantastic Four, the 2015 one, was going to direct a Star Wars movie that never happened. Where's that Ryan Johnson trilogy? There's the Game of Thrones (laughs) trilogy, the Game of Thrones creator trilogy that has never happened, has been canceled. And by the way, remember when it was announced there was going to be a Kevin Feige produced Star Wars movie and how that never happened? It's just... Does the list go on? No, definitely. No, I mean... 
Honestly, Lucasfilm is such a poorly handled studio. Yeah, I I don't really get what all of the like. I think that's when I when I first saw this, I almost just kind of like shrugged it off, and then I kept going back and researching it to make sure, like, to see how real it was. Because, like, again, the if it really did happen, I I'm excited for that product, but like. I just to me it almost it feel it's I guess it's starting to feel like announcements about Star Wars movies are all meaningless. Yeah, when is oh so um I don't think it will get this far, but I guarantee you if Thor four is less love than Thor Ragnarok, I guarantee you within like a few days it'll be oh we've split because Taika has a scheduling conflict. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna take much to, to to get the cut for that. I mean, but, um, honestly, except for Mandalorian, it feels like there is no plan for this franchise after Rise of Skywalker, and even then, it doesn't yeah. feel like they had a plan for that trilogy. Yeah, I know. Like, I I really, especially now, like things are gonna be halted for a little bit um, if they do have anything at all um in the works but like um i'm just trying to figure out like i feel like they really need to like regroup and like really come up with a plan like uh i don't know like i I mean say what you do we know what 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 tiki's next project is um i was just looking for that um there is a uh, let's see um next oh the, oh i'm under acting okay oh next goal wins it's a sports uh, comedy that's supposed to come out this yeah. year yeah so uh, i mean like i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna. S- I, that, I don't like, think that's gonna have much effect on this, really. Oh, I remember at, right after what was it? The one that Colin Trevorrow made was it the King Arthur movie? Oh, and yeah. right away he got fired from episode nine. Yeah, because it was like such an awful movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it is, then then sure. But I mean, I'm. Did Colin Trevorrow even have that? great i mean i don't want to just hate on someone for no reason but did he even have that great of a tracker i mean like thor ragnarok was well received jojo rabbit was nominated for a bunch of oscars and won one like it, it seems like there's at least a better i track mean he brought there. back jurassic park <laughs> oh that's oh colin trevard okay he did jurassic world yeah I, okay i can see why i guess i i didn't know anything about him i can see why they chose him actually. Then, uh, his, though... his movie before that, Safety Not Guaranteed, has a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think maybe the only news I heard about him was how awful that one movie was. <laughs> Let's see. Oh wait, was it the Book of Henry? Is that what did it? In? Yeah, that's it. That that's it. Who did that King Arthur one then? Hmm. I don't know. There was someone (laughs) who did one. I swear, I thought it was a Star Wars guy. Uh, King. Uh, Wait, wait. Oh, Guy Ritchie. 
Yeah, I was just oh, finding that. Wait, did... wait, that was the guy who did Aladdin, never mind. Oh, okay. I got it. He did a pretty good job with Aladdin, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> what do you think of. Do you think this one will actually happen? I mean, not really. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, it's relevant news to me because, I mean, if any of these were to ha well, if any of these were that were announced to happen were to actually happen, the ones I would want to exist would either be the Ryan Johnson trilogy, <laughs> which won't happen, and the Taika Waititi one. Those, those would be the ones I'm, the two I'm most excited about. So I I don't know I haven't looked up. Had people been more um, forgiving to the Last Jedi recently, or or is the I hate still even, there? I haven't even bothered to check. I think people still hate it. I, I think most people have now just been like, screw that whole trilogy. No, I def I definitely think that the attitude now is. I actually have seen a lot of people kind of just pretend that it doesn't exist, kind of thing. <laughs> Like, the prequels in the original exist, but not that trilogy, which has <laughs> nothing to do with the story or whatever. Like, that's kind of the attitude for a lot of people, I think. All right. So, I was going to ask one question, one rabbit hole, but I do have a question So we mentioned Star Wars. I'm just curious about what you think about it. All Before right. we leave our Star Wars topic. Yeah. So, now that we've had the whole uh, sequel trilogy... One thing that has become very controversial is Luke's role in the trilogy. Right. And I well, I'll ask you how you feel about it. I'll just say, when you look at the whole trilogy, they did a terrible job with Luke Skywalker. He has, has like in the first and third movie, he has basically no role and then like it feels like the last Jedi storyline should have happened in the first one. And then we see him kind of have like an Obi Wan throughout the. Maybe he he dies in the second movie, and then he has like a more of a role in the third one. But I'm just like, man, if you were like excited for Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy, I just gotta say they dropped the ball on him. Out of all the original yeah. characters, they dropped the ball the most on Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, I I really can't uh, defend that because like, there's not much, there's really not much there f for Luke Skywalker. Um, I mean, most of what you see from him is um, his his Last Jedi stuff, which a lot of people didn't like. So there there isn't that much for you there, and it's not really, you know, there's not much of a, a character arc. I guess really the only thing is i've been i the thing i've been saying time and time again when defending the sequels which i would i'll say i would do slightly less strongly now despite still liking them um i uh i'm not as enthused by them seeing how just it it, it wasn't that well planned necessarily but um i in terms of just how to enjoy them, I again, I what I always say is like you kind of like it's not really about the original characters so much. Um, there's more compelling and more well written stories for some of the new characters than there is for Luke Skywalker for sure. Yeah, I think I'm more for I'm more forgiving to that because it 
makes sense when you look at all nine films. But if they announced they were going to do a 10, 11, 12 with Ray, Finn, and Poe, I would completely be like, wow, they totally dropped the ball on that. Yeah. they No, uh, that's the thing. I think that's the thing. Like, I do think that this trilogy is is fairly like enjoyable, but it, it's so flimsy that it could not possibly be added on to anymore. Like, there's not enough there. It, it got passed around in too uh, haphazard of a way where the the plot lines just like they like things make sense a lot of things make sense in the end dare i say but any if any more depth were to get added it would all fall apart so i'm really thankful that there's not a 10 11 12 or something it'll be really interesting to watch all, all three back to back and see what it's like the experience mm-hmm. i uh I still haven't done that, but I am interested because I've still only seen Rise of Skywalker once, and I've seen the other two quite a few times. Uh, now I believe they're all on Disney Plus. So yeah, they released can, uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker on May the fourth. Yeah, the, uh, the entire uh, the entire saga is on there. I believe I heard. Is it? Is Last Jedi on there now? I think I think what I heard is that on May fourth. All nine are going to be on there. Oh, okay. I don't know. All right, so one last one before we get to our rabbit hole. Boy, does that really sneak up on you. All right. So, now, there are people who, you know, with Star Wars, they don't like the prequels or they don't like the sequels. Now, yeah. not which not which French, not which trilogy is better, but which one do you think fans have more of a right to be upset about? Should they with the prequels or the sequel trilogy? Because I'll just say this. I think that overall, I'd say the sequel trilogy is better. But I think you have a more of a right to be upset with the sequel trilogy because that's where the characters go. Because if you don't like the prequels, it really doesn't matter because you know what the end point is. You get to something better versus if you don't like where it goes. Uh, the sequel trilogy goes you're like wow way to crap on everything guys yeah i know i actually and the interesting thing is i think you're right i think you're really right about that because like um i i really would defend that like in almost every single way that a movie could be in in whatever way a movie could be objectively good or bad i think the sequel trilogy is better than the prequel trilogy like I know, like a lot of people are liking the prequels lately, but they're awfully made movies <laughs> with terrible scripts. They're they're bad. Misa Jaja Pinks. Anything that's bad about the sequels, the prequels is that bad or worse. Like because if you <laughs> if you're talking about how bad the storyline or how the plot is flimsy in the sequels, it's worse than the <laughs> prequels. Uh, I and I believe that. But the thing at the end of the day, I think you do have more of a right to be upset as a fan about the sequels, um, for the reason you said. But also. Like the the prequels were made by the person who created it, and yeah. the sequels were made by the company going forward to with a franchise that's popular to continue making money on it. So like, there's more to be upset about there, really. 
All right, well, speaking of upset endings, should we get to our first rabbit hole? Absolutely. Because this really dives into that. All right, so yeah. we had that Parks and Rec thing happen, right? Mm-hmm. And you said you were nervous. And recently, there was the Arrow series finale, <clears throat> which we talked about, like, you know, Arrow coming in, it's coming yeah. to an end. And, yeah. you know, maybe I'll say it later, but I'll just say this. The Arrow series finale is the worst series finale I've ever seen. Oh, my God. It is a steaming <laughs> pile of crap. Wow. And I hate to say this. You thought the Dark Knight Rises was bad? Oh, my God. The Arrow finale. Wow, I, I can't wait to see this <laughs> for episode 100. <laughs> oh, oh, that could be episode 100, couldn't it? Oh, it's uh, that bad. Would be, I'm actually interested in that. Uh, either just that being the only episode I've ever seen, or you show me the pilot and then that or something. Oh, <laughs> double feature. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's awful. It's, oh, my God. And, like, the, the last scene is so, you just want to bash your head against a wall because it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Overall, season eight was really good. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just the no. last um, three. Well, the third to last one is Crisis, and you know, screw that thing. But yeah. the the last two episodes are the ones that suck. <laughs> but oh no. <laughs> I mean, you watch episode seven, and you're like, I don't know. Everything's pretty much wrapped up. Doesn't matter anymore. It's it yeah. feels done. <laughs> Yeah. And also, you know, I will say, I did enjoy, after watching that finale, being like, oh, wait, I still have three episodes I saved because I knew this would happen. Oh, yeah. All right. So now, speaking of worst finales, I want you to pick a show, and I want you to think of the worst possible series finale or worst reunion type show that it could have. I do have an example. That could exist. I do have an example. I want you to think of what's the worst possible thing. Yeah. All right. Now, I do have an example if you want me to go first. All right. Yeah, you can go first. I'll think about it. I did. What would be the worst reunion thing for The Office? Yeah. All right. And in this finale, in this reunion thing, we have it where Michael Scott died before he ever got to meet his kids. Dwight is in prison for not paying taxes on Shroot Farms. And also, Jim cheated on Pam and is now married to Karen. Oh, God. (laughs) So basically, they just come back with the most awful premises that no one would want to even see. And also, Andy is a famous social media celebrity. (laughs) Um, Let me think here. Um... You know, the the interesting thing, I was trying to think of, uh, the, the interesting thing with Parks and Rec, which I was trying to think of some examples of, is I realized that um, because in the finale they jumped forward so many years and, like, told what happens throughout their entire lives, they kind of made it impossible for them to really, like do something totally different and i in in that reunion episode they they did like reference some of the stuff that they said they'd be doing in 2020 um in the finale 
So it's kind of interesting. I feel like they couldn't they couldn't come back and say like um, oh, Leslie got com- she completely left politics and now she's working for a corporation yeah, because like they established that like that you couldn't say that for that show, um, which is interesting. Um, let me try and. Uh, well, I mean, I'd say, uh, let's see, with, with like, uh, uh, with, like, um, Community, you've already got season four, which is that, um, uh, nightmare scenario there, but, um, um, oh, you know, <laughs> um, I think I just thought <laughs> I I was trying to think of something that like wasn't a comedy. It would be it would be um I'm trying to remember. I think um I actually I I'm thinking of Breaking Bad and where there's um uh I haven't seen Better Call Saul yet, which I believe is before and I haven't seen the movie, which I believe is right after Breaking Bad, but is in reference to the actual series itself, to like um, to have like a comeback, like run of episodes where the character Jesse, like just just completely does doesn't get his lights back together or something, like. Or just like it like, all happens, that would be all be awful. Is it all happens? So basically, in the show, you kind of learn that he's being manipulated and strung along by Walter White and stuff. Like, he just had a terrible, terrible life, and it's it's not really his own fault in a lot of cases. To have a comeback where it stars him, but his life is still awful, and there's a new guy getting him into crimes, it would be, <laughs> it would be so depressing. All a right. different bald guy uh, trying to get money. All right, so now I did say we would do just one, but I do have one. I looked at my list of rabbit hole questions, okay? Yeah, yeah. I did see one I've been dying to ask you because it's been a while. And there was some news, and you know people have been wondering this, so I thought I'd turn it to you. All right. All right. So, it's very rare for me to bring up some MCU news anymore. Yeah. But there was one piece of news that made me raise an eyebrow and just like, oh, for the first time in years made me go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, really? It's that uh, Sam Raimi will direct Doctor Strange 2. Really? Yes. My so, gosh. Had you heard that, or? I didn't. So, yeah, Sam Raimi, the guy who created the template that all Marvel movies follow, at least the good ones, is coming yeah. back to the is coming to the MCU to direct Doctor Strange. Now, wow. obviously, he will always be known for one superhero. Yeah. So, I have a few questions to ask you. Now, it's, do you know what this Doctor Strange movie is called? Uh no. Oh, uh, I kind of actually, you know, I kind of remember that it's it's kind of a long name, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I don't remember it. All right, I'm looking <laughs> it up. It is called. Something madness. Oh, uh, where is it? 
Where is it? Oh my god, I had oh, Doctor Strange, Strange in the Multiverse, the multiverse of, madness. of Madness. Okay. So people have been asking this, so I'll turn it to you. Should Toby Maguire appear as Spider-Man or Peter Parker? Oh my gosh. Oh, you know, Oh my gosh, he he should. I yes, I'm just having the cuz Doctor Strange would be all about uh haven't seen the first one. Not sure if I'm right here, but there would be different dimensions kind of a of a story going on and especially with the title too. So it would be really easy to um come up with a, a story reason that like sort of like in uh into the spider-verse or something it's like this spider-man came from a different part of the multiverse uh and it's toby mcguire <laughs> so i will say this to should toy mcguire appear in dr strange in the multiverse of madness no 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 <laughs> And I say this after Crisis on Infinite Earths, because do you know what will happen? Oh, yeah. If they have Toy Maguire appear, they'll say Tom Holland is the quote-unquote real Spider-Man, even though he's nothing like the character. Oh. <laughs> and they will use that excuse to do weird crap to Toy Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. Because he won't be playing the real Spider-Man. He's playing an alternate version yeah. now. It could It could potentially be like a messing with the cannon and just like just let me enjoy this don't yes. do this um because i guess that... he's not going to be the classic spider-man they're going to yeah. do something to make to differentiate him yeah whether it's he lost his powers or he gave it up or maybe he dies right i say no leave it alone spider-verse is taking care of the yeah. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Just um, leave it is there. that what people have been? Have people been like saying like, "Oh, you got to get"? Is, is that like what people? Oh, have been it's seeming everywhere. To want? People want it. Uh, people. I guess want, I'm not surprised. People want but... the big three together. They want Toby, Andrew, and Tom together. And I say no, 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 no. Do I, I guess not I'm not surprised. Throw both better Spider-Man versions and better Spider-Man actors under the bus for your crappy Iron Man Junior. Yeah, I I mean, I guess part of me isn't that worried if that were the case, because like just because the just because Sam Raimi is directing it doesn't mean <laughs> they're going to somehow work uh, Tobey Maguire into it or like another Spider-Man into the plot. I mean, this movie might have already had a script. All right. Now, let me throw another curveball at you. All right. Sam Raimi's directing it. He's known for another superhero. Should Tom Holland Spider-Man appear? In 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 the Doctor Strange. In Doctor Strange in, too. Should Sam Raimi direct a scene, maybe just with Tom oh, Holland Spider-Man? See how he will see how uh, how that Spider-Man will be under a different director. Yes, um, I'll say this: if anyone besides well, now the Rooster Brothers is gone, but if anyone could fix or save the Tom Holland Spider-Man, I gotta think it's Sam Raimi. Yeah, I think you have a point there. I'd I'd love to see how he would direct uh, Tom Holland, how that would turn out. It'd be interesting. What 
is one thing you were watching during quarantine or have watched? Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, really, the, the thing that stood out the most to me that I finally watched was uh, uh, I got Disney Plus again specifically to watch Onward. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. The one we doubted. Uh, yeah, the one we <laughs> doubted, and uh, I was much more impressed by my yeah my my expectations weren't there but i was really impressed by it i i would actually my expectation your expectation was bad my expectation was sort of mediocre middle tier pixar movie i would i would i would throw it a top tier pixar movie i think i think i would say that too yeah it's it's a pixar it, it like it's a movie i watch and i go that's a that's a pixar movie that belongs in the echelon of Pixar movies, the pantheon of great films. Yeah, I was I was really impressed by it. Um, it's everything I didn't know I wanted about a, a from a, a fantasy <laughs> uh, Pixar movie. <laughs> well, there we go. Onward. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty great. We'll have to see. I mean, the the lists for best movies of this year at the end of the year is probably going to be a little weird. It's going to be um, probably short, <laughs> probably pretty short. But we're looking at a contender for me right now. But um, uh, what? I think I've only seen two movies this year. Yeah, I'd have to even think if I've seen another one. <laughs> but it's it's one to beat. Anyway, um, but anyway, um, what have you been uh, watching during quarantine lately? Well, um, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this was the last we, uh, the last time in college, at least we think so, this time. Again, yeah, we thought this yeah. five years ago, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. But yeah, I was thinking, you know... Usually, there's a big movie that comes out by the time I'm done. Mm-hmm. Usually, it was ever since um, the first year of college, uh, in two, well, I guess 2013, there was always a Marvel movie that came out during that time. And you know what right. I was also thinking? What? You know, during our senior year of high school, there were three movies I, w- I was really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. And two of them were based on Marvel Comics properties. So I decided, you know what? Darn it. When the when this ends, I know the first thing I'm going to do. So I went through phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ah. Ah, uh, yes. Also, the first time going back to those movies since, you know, post-Endgame yeah. post world. But it's just like, all right, it's been a year. We can separate them now. Yeah, you can just watch Phase 1 and just experience that alone. Yeah, I got to the point of, you know, 20-some movies, you, you're going to want to break it up. Because, number one, after a few movies, it's like, you know, I think I'm kind of ready for Batman now. I think I'm ready to move yeah. on. And plus, yeah. you got two other phases where you got something new to look forward to later in the summer. Because... I don't think we'll be opening the theaters before August, or at least have any new movies before August. Yeah, it, 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 there definitely, definitely no one should be dead set on it anytime soon. Yeah. Someone's like, ooh, I'm going to, June, come June, I am in the theater again. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I went through, so t- those the two movies 
And because I watch the MCU differently, because some say, um, no, just follow the Marvel canon. I say, screw that. I follow the Marvel Comics <laughs> canon, damn it. <laughs> so I, um, I was just like, you know, I don't want to wait till Phase 3 to see my favorite Marvel character. So you know what I did? I always throw what? in the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy. Now, some people will say, wait, what? What do you mean the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy? Well, kids, that's what Spider-Verse makes it a trilogy. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and honestly, I look at that. That's pretty much what I would assume an MCU trilogy would be. MCU <clears throat> Spider-Man trilogy would be those three movies. Like, so what, You mean one actually good one to you? or <laughs> What? You mean one besides the the currently in progress? Yes, I would imagine one that's good, but also though both the Amazing Spider-Man movies and the MCU are based on the Ultimate Marvel comics. Right. So in those comics, this is what happens to Peter Parker. That's the same thing that's happening to those Avengers. Oh yeah. So it makes sense. Plus, they don't suck. <gasps> Isn't that nice? <laughs> Yeah, that is nice. I mean, I already have two movies. I mean, some people be like, oh, the Spider-Man Homecoming has Iron Man. I've got two other movies where he meets Iron Man. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But So, yeah, I did that. Watched them. I think yeah, last time would have been before Endgame. So, yeah, it was fun. Got to see the two, mo- two of the three movies I was really looking forward to my senior year, The Avengers and The Amazing Spider-Man. And I still think... Of the four Avengers movies, that first one I still think is the best one. Yeah. And you know, man, that, that scene where, that, where they had the turnaround camera where it shows all the Avengers, oh my god. Yeah, classic. I mean, it's like one of those things like, you don't know it'll be iconic, but when you're making it, it's like, you know, I think we got something here. I think it'll be something people will remember. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I think whenever you think of the Avengers, that's the shot people think of. Yeah, no, that's it's one of the most famous shots in a superhero movie. So, I also, man, the Amazing Spider-Man. I think, yeah, man, Andrew Garfield easily for me my favorite live-action Spider-Man, and so many good stuff, so much good stuff, so much wonderful Marvel stuff. A merry Marvel movie marathon. Yeah, that that's a good idea to to bring yourself back. To, uh, when you were finishing years of college and there are movies that you were excited to see. <laughs> yes, none of the out. ones from actually when I was in college, but we'll get to phase two later. Uh, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it ends um, in 2012. Yeah. But you know what I also watched? What's that? Because I did mention there was a third movie I was looking forward to. Yeah. Sadly, it sucked. Oh, no. Oh, no. You you probably can guess what it is, but season four, and it's like Voldemort, that oh, show that shall not say- be named. You're saying in 2012? Yes. Okay. You watched it again? No, because you know oh, what okay. I have eight years later? Uh, I was looking forward of- <laughs> to a live-action version of The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. But wait, I do have one. I have another one starring Ben Affleck. Right. A three-hour right. version. So, yeah. I decided I could just watch Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Batman vs. Superman, the real Dark Knight trilogy. Or, yeah. <laughs> I could go through all the DCEU from Batman Begins to Justice League. So, I did that 
this weekend. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, I got through phase one of the MCU. Uh, I guess all the phase of the DCEU since it doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, <laughs> you get to Justice League and you're just like, you know, it feels completed. It feels done. Yeah. And honestly, back when, when I would just watch Batman Begins in the Dark Knight and think for like four years, that's it. Oh, it's over. You pair those yeah. with the Ben Affleck ones, and then at the end, you just you know what? I'm good. I feel like I got a complete story. Because yeah. when you add BVS, especially the three-hour one, you get basically all of Frank Miller's Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns done throughout those three. Yeah. Plus, you get a classic uh, Batman with Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, whatever works, whatever works for you. I mean, you don't gotta watch movies you don't like, so you know, exactly. you make up. I mean, that's what the machete order is: is people going, okay, we gotta fix this. Let's let's <laughs> cobble this together in a way that works for us. Oh yes. Or yeah, you know what's a really good scene from that first Wonder Woman movie? Uh, um, this... I have a I, I have a favorite scene, but um, uh. The uh, like no man's land scene. Oh yeah, but, Did, uh, you know I realized that there's like a little tribute to Linda Carter in there. Oh really? How uh, no? Before she would become Wonder Woman, the show she would spin, but in the movie before she turns on, she does the, she puts the crown and goes in the costume. The camera spins. Oh yeah. But uh, that scene where um, Diana kills the general, and she wonders why. People, the soldiers are still fighting and Steve Trevor talks about how like you know it's not what people deserve and stuff like that oh that's a good yeah yeah it's good I was really looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984 this year <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> oh I, I I if this really like I I hope that they I know that it's not a good like financial decision for them necessarily, but I really, I would really love to see some big movies, more big movies released just on streaming, or at least digitally. Well, let's see what else. So, uh, did you have any stories you wanted to bring up? Um, I actually like again. There isn't. What was the Star Wars one? The only one. Yeah, that was the only one. Uh, There's not a ton going on, so that's all I really have uh, on on the table for me right now. But um, I'd like to hear more news that does happen to exist out in the world uh, of entertainment. All right, this is a. I'll bring up another one. This is a big one. We should probably mention. Yeah. Okay. Well. We talked about Trolls 2 mm-hmm. was coming to theaters, and, but except it's not anymore. It moved to On Demand, and apparently um, they say they're very happy with how it's turned out. Oh. Even though when you look at the, um, according to Wikipedia, it made $2 million on $100 million plus budget. So I don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> But did oh have we talked about Trolls Two since it went to digital? Um, I don't know much about this movie at all. I just keep when I hear Trolls Two, I keep thinking of that movie Troll Two. You know that movie? The what? Troll Two from nineteen ninety. Oh, the it's it's the it's the it's. I've a, seen clips of it's it. It's probably the next most famous bad movie after The Room. 
so every time I hear trolls oh, too, yes. I just think, yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't know well, much about this story or um, trolls. Trolls, what is it called? Trolls World Tour. Yeah, has created a lot of problems for Universal. Yeah, because they now they decide they were gonna have it go straight to video on demand. Yeah. And what happened was, unlike other the movie studios like Warner Brothers with the Scooby Doo anime movie, yeah. Universal did not tell the theaters that they were going to put it uh, on demand, even though the other studios do. So it was kind of going against their contract that they had. Oh. So they told them a half hour before the announcement. They did not talk with them. They did not give them very much of a heads up. Oh. And do you know what the theater said? What? We will remember this. Oh, jeez. So Universal dug themselves into a bigger hole. They said they were very happy with Trolls 2's um, performance. (coughs) Trolls World Tour. So you know what they said? What? They said that they were going to start thinking... About having certain movies come out both in theaters and on digital on the same day. Oh. Now, for those of you who don't know, between studios and uh, movie theaters, there is a very there's an agreement that there's going to be a 90 day break between when at least 90 days between when a theater. A movie will go into a theater versus when it will come out on home video. Huh. So they decided to go against it. So, AMC Theaters said, screw you, Universal. Don't expect any Universal movie to be in our theaters now. Huh. Jeez, this is And Regal decided to join in on them. So right now, if they keep going through with this, if they decide that they're going to have it where... A movie will go on digital, and if Universal tries to have it where a movie will be released digitally and theatrically on the same day, the two biggest movie theater chains will not be carrying the movie. Jeez. Wow, that is a really bitter corporation battle right there. Um, And I gotta say, Universal did it to themselves. Yeah, they knew that uh, that is not something that the theaters would want. It's always they've had this agreement, ninety days. So now, what are up Universal's upcoming movies that are in jeopardy now? Um, I think the thing I was confused at first about is it doesn't it seem like a um from reading it seems like it was more. It, Am I right that it seems like it was more like Universal said they were going to look into <clears throat> releasing it the same day more often in the future, but that statement is kind of what caused these theaters to respond and say, like, hey, if you do that, we don't have to play yeah, your movies. Yeah, that was the beginning okay. of it, and then this other statement is what really did it. Okay, yeah. Because at first I was confused, like, I mean, can, like, no one's going to go to the movie theater. Can you blame them for releasing it? But now I understand that it was sort of more like the, oh, we might just do this forever. So, 
So, yeah, I think, no, I understand why uh, AMC and Regal are deciding to do it. So I think, honestly, with, I mean, it's a thing they've agreed to. So I think until Universal changes their mind about this, that this is probably the right thing for the theaters. But, yeah. What do you think? What do you think could happen? Are we going to go from we had six, now we're down to five with the Fox being gone? Are we going to have now be down to four major Hollywood studios? I know that's great. Like, uh, well, the thing that's interesting. Um, I mean, it's kind of because if AMC and Regal don't carry it, those movies are screwed. Yeah, I know. That's what. Like, I guess what I was thinking was like, if this really, if that, if that goes that way, the only way I can see Universal continue continuing to be a studio is if they pivot to like streaming or something like if they become like um like because i mean like netflix movies do well well not financially because they're in they're bankrupt but um uh like those don't play in theaters but lots of people watch them the only way i could see universal continuing to be a company if this happens is through the streaming because if they're not they're not going to make money from the box office so yeah either they back off from this or they're probably not going to last too much longer yeah so by the way i think our local movie theater will for will follow through with uh not having universal movies either so what do you think will happen do you think that Universal will try to make up with the studios at all, or are they just gonna be like, "Screw it, we're we're done with theaters." Because to put it in perspective, uh, Disney, I think Disney Plus only makes one billion from revenue service, and that's a success. But um, you mean from uh, f- from the box office or from streaming? From streaming, okay, one yeah. billion from the streaming versus. They made almost triple that with Endgame. Yeah, just so clearly, um, theaters I, I are guess, where they make their money. I guess. I guess Univ- I don't know what they will do. I don't know anything about Universal as a company and what they would do. But um, I feel like the the smart thing to do business wise would be to back down and say like, okay, no, we'll follow the rules. And we won't do the we won't release streaming on the same day but if they don't and it continues in this direction i think they'll have to pivot to streaming they'd make less money but um because there's just no scenario in that situation where like producing high budget movies and then releasing them to what like a few theaters that aren't protesting them that's not gonna that's not gonna be a good <laughs> no. business model I think probably what will happen is that Universal will publicly announce that they're not going to go through with that plan of releasing them theatrically and digitally on the same day. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to have movie theaters for a while take a bigger percentage of the box office for Universal movies to kind of like apologize. Yeah, that, that seems like the most likely scenario. So yeah, like I think right now they only get the theaters only get a third of the movie ticket sales. So I could see it going like two thirds or even more. Mm-hmm. 
to be like, hey, we are sorry. Let, let's just, come on, guys, let's try to be friends again. Yeah, wow, that's so, yeah. surprising. Like, there <laughs> apparently is still pretty big news going um, around uh, even when Hollywood shut down. There are still a few. All right. Now, let's see. Uh, oh, I'll just throw, throw these two out there. All right. Um. So, Blacklist, the season finale, you know the show Blacklist? Yeah. They weren't able to film a season finale, so you know what's going to be? Oh, uh, what? Animated. They're going to have an animated season finale. I got Seriously? That sounds pretty cool. Wow. That's a That's a bold move. Especially because a lot of animated shows like The Simpsons are still able to have production because you don't need the actors in the same spot. Yeah, yeah, you can just record wherever. That's, yes. that's, that's interesting. I know, I was hoping, I'm hoping <laughs> that, I think they said Flash and Supergirl are okay. But if okay. they can't for their season finales, I would love to see an animated one. <laughs> that's do you yeah, know that's what, cool. Do you know what they can do if it's animated? Anything? Yeah, Batman. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's true. All right. Uh, I'll just throw this one out there too. Nicholas Cage will play Joe Exotic in a drama about the Tiger King. Have you There's, seen the Tiger King? Oh, Have you been swept I, up in the Tiger King yeah, phenomena? I've, I've seen Tiger King. Um, and I have I think, too. I think I was reluctant at first because of how everyone into it everyone was, but man, is it genuinely as interesting as it was hyped up to be? It is. <laughs> I man, a, a mo- there, there's going to be a dramatization of it. Yes, wow. but it's from a book based on it. So oh, okay, yeah. And Nicholas Cage will Cage will play Joe Exotic. <laughs> Whoa, that wow! <laughs> I can't put into words how exciting I am. How excited I am just to see that. Not like I don't yes. like I don't care how good it is. It, I'm not I'm not gonna watch that because it's gonna be good. I'm gonna watch that because Nicholas Cage is playing Joe Exotic. <laughs> yes, and you know what he can do. He can use those tigers to one day steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> yes. Oh, that tiger king. Man, you got to you have to be a weirdo to want to buy those giant tigers. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Weird, weirdo is an understatement. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I think this is the other big news. Um for movies right now so even when everyone's in quarantine you can still be a little idiot and get yourself into trouble yep you can manage because yes because instead of being quarantined ezra miller decided to go out and you know what and he decided that he got angry at fans so he decided to tackle her and attack her and get in a fight by the way, if you've seen the veil, boy, is that is he a wimpy little thing? <laughs> hey, come on, you wanna fight? Come on to this girl who's taller than him. Come on, you yeah. wanna fight? Yeah. <laughs> you seen the video? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> oh my god. When I heard that it ex- when I heard that it was a thing that existed, I, I was like, oh no. And I... there's another problem right now. Really? Warner Brothers, before the COVID-19 outbreak, was going to film a Flash movie. <laughs> they oh. were finally going to move ahead with this movie. So Good timing. 
<laughs> exactly. So <laughs> now you're left wondering, what does Warner Brothers do with the Flash movie? Do yeah. they recast? Do they reboot? I mean, I, I don't know. So what do you think they should do with the Flash right now? I'll, I'll just say this. I think I'll say why. What I would like to see, and then why? Why I think business, business wise, makes sense. Yeah. You don't. No. Wait. No. Screw it. Both of these things I'd like to see. Screw it. Yeah. <laughs> One. I, I mean, obviously Ezra Miller's done as the Flash. There's no way he's going yeah. to be the Flash anymore. He, yeah. He's done. It's over. I mean, this is just this is kind of the final straw. I mean, a lot of people. You know, I liked him in Justice League, but a lot, that's a lot of people are not fans of his performance as a Flash. And even I will say, it worked when he's playing off of Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. You, you can't do a whole movie with that as your lead character. Yeah. So, your two scenarios. Two scenarios I want. All right. Here's one's, re- one's realistic. No, no. I'll, I'll throw my, my way out there idea first. All right. Then we can get to the realistic one. Yeah. All right. Now, there's been some question about should they go through with the Flash movie or should they just cancel it altogether? Right. I would say, look, this thing's had enough problems, but you know what you do have? You have a popular Flash TV show on the CW. That's right. I would say, you know what? When you know that the Flash TV show Grant Gustin is going to end, do a... Instead of just having a regular series finale on TV, do a big theatrical film that's like your finale to The Flash, starring Grant Gustin. And you could have Tyler Hoechlin's Superman, get Stephen Amell to come back as Green Arrow, and you can finally do the one thing, because the movie that people have been wanting, Yeah, you can have Batman appear. Heck yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that is what I would say, but... Realistically, I'm thinking, what what could they do? Because they don't want to, they want to have a Flash movie, but they don't want to have the TV version of. Because is it really fair to an audience to say, hey, you want to see the Flash movie? You had to catch up on uh, over a hundred hours of TV to understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think they should do is I think they should have it where they they'll they should just recast the Flash, do whatever script. You had, I mean, after all this time, if you have a script that you're finally excited about, just do it. I just want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, I have a pick of who I want to be the new Flash. Really? Yes. We saw him before in a superhero franchise. He did a great job in two movies, and I would want him back, and I think this is the perfect role for him. I want Andrew Garfield to be the oh, Flash yeah. in yeah. the movie. So... <clears throat> That that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I, I mean, I guess they could do auditions right now over Zoom, but you can't really like have them yeah. play off. I mean, they're gonna have to recast this entire movie if Ezra is gone because you have to make sure that everyone has chemistry with your new Flash actor. Yeah, definitely. So, what do you think about these two scenarios? Could they do a theatrical version of the TV show, and what are the chances maybe? Do you have a guess of who could be the new Barry Allen? Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think... Uh, I think probably what should 
And, well, I guess I hadn't considered the option that maybe this movie's just done for at this point. But, I mean, I think the thing that should happen would probably be, you know, uh, the the script eventually sees the light of day, but with a recast. Um, and... A, a, a sort of uh, new set of faces. Um, <clears throat> as for, like, I don't feel like I'd be good at choosing who would play uh, The Flash because um, I'm not as familiar with the character, but I do think someone like an Andrew Garfield would be good. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. Um, as for the... Uh, the, the first scenario um the impossible I think, like, one <laughs> yeah that to me seems like the more interesting scenario even like in like you already know that that is a completely successful working version of the flash um it would give it like a good movie counterpart to go with the show um and I don't know, it'd be interesting, I think, to have it be like a, a standalone, or not completely standalone, but like sort of maybe slightly standalone from the series so that, like you said, someone can watch it without having watched the entire uh, series beforehand and it kind of serves as a companion piece to the show. I think that's the smart thing that would make it a better movie uh, or uh, a better experience overall. Um, but I wouldn't mind at all seeing just a totally recasted flash movie eventually see the light of day um no matter who is playing the flash my, minus Ezra Miller um uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'd be happy seeing a well-casted flash because like I mean this is especially one I don't I don't necessarily know that anyone's gonna be that beat up over this uh not to uh, I, um like, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think anyone was like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone was like, I mean, like, again, I, I was, I thought that in Justice League, he was fine as Flash and everything. Um, but was anyone like, I'm not going to watch the Flash if it's not him? Like, I think uh, you'd have more people excited if it was Grant Gustin from the TV show in the yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly, and that's why that would be a decision that would turn out better. I mean, yeah, Grant Gustin, John Wesley Shipp from the 90s show are... I mean, yeah, they're, they're much better at playing The Flash than Ezra Miller was. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm hoping that they'll get an actor who can do both the comedy and the drama of it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, let us get to some rabbit hole, shall we? All right. Let's. All right. <laughs> now, we talked about the MCU Spider-Man a bunch. We have. We have. And you were not a big fan of Spider-Man Far From Home. You could say that. <laughs> You know, I read online, people talked about how much they hate that movie. Oh, people hate it? Oh. Yeah, like, generally, <laughs> it sounds like people are just like, oh, I hate this movie. Even huh. though a few months ago, they were whining and complaining, no, keep Spider-Man in the MCU! Yeah. But whatever. So, um, I have this question to ask you. So, 
So what? Before I ask, where do you? What do you feel about this MCU Spider-Man right now? Maybe not to like describe me all what you saw from Far From Home, but how do you feel about him right now? Are you kind of are you looking forward to what could happen with this character now in a post Far From Home world, or are you just kind of like I'm kind of over this version? Um. I think I'm kind of over this version. I, I really don't know what they could do in a third movie that would, like, I, I've, I mean, like, there's still a, I mean, if they were to do uh still just based in New York, like, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man kind of tale that doesn't have any of the Iron Man stuff, like, that would be great, but that's not going to happen, and that's clear that that's not going to happen now. Uh, with these first two movies, um, and and like I I don't know like um, um I I guess I had a hope in, in in Homecoming, which at least at least Homecoming had quite a bit of like I mean a lot of it took place on a vacation, not in that neighborhood, but um it still had some like like saving. The local area, at least, like, like saving the, his like hometown. The first half hour. Yeah. Um, so it still had some moments that kind of feel like you know Spider-Man just being a kid dealing with it. Like, but I, I'm just not as enthused about the over integration into the MCU where it just becomes a story about post-Endgame stuff. I don't know, but. Um, in general, I feel like I, not necessarily because of anything they did, like, or it's not necessarily the same as you, where it's like, they made too many bad movies and now you don't care anymore, but I'm finding myself just not care that much anymore in general. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just, it felt like Infinity War and Endgame were like a a cap off and now I just don't feel like getting invested at all but um i don't know i guess since my one the one thing i've seen now since uh endgame uh was far from home and it was not great to me um it leaves me unexcited about really much of it like i guess it, it really doesn't leave me at the edge of my seat for anything that's coming up, although I know that there are some things coming up that I might enjoy. But I'm just, I'm really not, like, I, I'm really not, I'm I'm not looking forward to anything, uh, I don't have my hopes up for anything in particular in the future. I've just kind of left the MCU on the back burner at this point. (laughs) Um... So I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm just done seeing any of them because, like, there are a couple in that huge list of things coming up that seem interesting that I would see, but I'm not thinking, like, I can't wait for that to come out. Like, I'm not thinking about it, really. So, (laughs) yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. All right. Now... We have it where it looks like Sony is going to try to have it that their Venom universe, which I think it has an official name now. Oh, really? Let's see. It is... Oh, Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. 
That's hmm. a mouthful, but yeah, sounds like they're trying to have it be where they are still connected to the MCU. Oh, okay. Now, a lot of people think that because the MCU MCU deal got extended by two movies, yeah, that Spider-Man after his second movie, which will probably be an Avengers movie, or I don't know, maybe they could fit him into something before uh, Spider-Man 3, will be his last time in the MCU. Then, oh, then yeah. it's over. Oh. So I have this question to ask you. For a third Spider-Man movie, the final solo movie set in the MCU. Would you want to see this Peter... And also, because we have it where Doctor Strange talks about the multiverse of madness, right? Yeah. If you had the choice, okay? If they had it when the third movie, they decide they're going to kill off the Tom Holland Peter Parker. But they'll show that in the Venom universe... There is a different Spider-Man, Peter Parker, played by Tom Holland. If they basically said, we're killing off this MCU version, and we're going to completely start over, but with Tom Holland, would you want kind of like a bit of a clean slate, or would you want to continue with what they've established already with Tom Holland? Um, They'll both be played by Tom Holland, but would you want this MCU version to be killed off? And they kind of just start over without the Iron, without Spider-Man living in Avengers world, or oh yeah, I think I definitely want Spider-Man killed off of Avengers world. I mean, uh, I, I would there would at least be another chance, and like who knows if those would even be good, but there would at least be a chance that I would get what I think I was hoping for for the second one, <laughs> uh, which was. <laughs> a more grounded Spider-Man movie. Um, <laughs> so the chance of that is better than the 0% chance of that. The, it, like, I basically think there's no chance that Spider-Man in the MCU is going to be anything for the foreseeable future. I don't think Spider-Man in the MCU is going to be anything other than uh, the kid with sort of an Iron Man suit with spider powers. Um, so, anything to kind of give another fresh look at it would, would be good to me. All right. Now, same scenario. They'll kill off the Tom Holland Spider-Man in the MCU, but in the Venom universe, they'll have a completely new Spider-Man with a new actor. What are you choosing? Um... Just completely rebooted. It's nothing like the MCU version. It's just we are completely starting over. We're going to Batman Begins it. We're just starting over from scratch. Well, I mean, I know that most people would probably feel fatigue from the perception that there's been so many uh, Spider-Men coming along, but I would... We just did have a new Spider-Man, Peter Parker, in Spider-Verse that people really liked. Yeah, so I would hope that people are receptive to I mean I I like seeing new versions. I like things that aren't attached necessarily to the canon of other things. I don't need everything to be a universe. So in general, I would lean more towards starting fresh with something. All right. 
Do you think so? Uh, have you like seen a lot of like other people's reaction to Far From Home? Because I think you have more people. I think people, if they were to restart now, would be more willing to accept it versus versus maybe other times. Like if they were to restart Spider Man now, they'd be like, okay, let's get this thing back on track. Yeah, I think honestly, I think the MCU is doing more damage to the character than what people thought it would yeah um i think yeah i just think i guess what it feels like to me is at a certain point like it just i guess it's just it feels like it has more to do with every other character except for spider-man sometimes (laughs) um particularly like iron man like uh, far from home was all about how sad it was that iron man was gone and i don't know i mean i guess it's about him dealing with that but it wasn't exactly executed perfectly um i think yeah people would be more receptive to that now if it's true that they're not reacting well to far from home but i haven't really seen much of the reactions to it i've uh stayed away from that (laughs) (laughs) so um now this is just for me because i'm a little curious so you wouldn't be excited for like a spider-man 3 but is there any hope that they could get the character back on track in like an Avengers movie with a different creative team, or is it kind of is it kind of over after what they did in Far From Home? Um, like I, I would I would definitely think that it's possible to have a good movie that has Tom Holland's Spider Man in it with that whole canon. Like I don't think it's totally ruined, but it would it would probably be more in a sense of like what you see of Spider Man in. Uh, like Civil War or something like that, even Infinity War, like um, like as a, as a role where he's, you know, I still like him as Spider-Man. Um, so seeing him mesh well with some of the other characters in a separate plot line entirely wouldn't necessarily be bad. So I wouldn't hate to see that. But um, I mostly just don't have that much hope for the third one being anything I'll be interested in. Do you think uh, that? Well, do you think in a, like a an Avengers movie they could get back to where he was in Civil War and Infinity War? Or is that kind of over? Is that just like they've gone past the point? Uh, I mean, I guess I never like to say that it's completely impossible. I, I could see it working, but it would have to be in general a, a very, and I would hope with it being a new, like, uh, new, new, what are they called? A new, it's a, another phase, but uh, an entirely different, like, era of Marvel movies. Um uh, I suppose it, there's more of an excuse to do a more grounded, like, uh, certainly still dramatic. Like, I mean, doing something like the first Avengers movie, but it also has Spider-Man in it, I think would potentially be great. I don't think that I don't think that the character is ruined. I, I just um, don't like where they're going with the solo movies necessarily. Are you a little worried that what they do? Because, you know, Spider-Verse had a lot of influence from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. Do you get a little worried that what they're doing with the MCU Spider-Man could leak into future versions like a Spider-Verse? Or do you think that in time the MCU Spider-Man will kind of be, at least in the solo movies, will kind of be 
forgotten about or people will want to forget about? Um, I mean, I have a hard time imagining it really being that influential, um, especially those particular parts of a broader cinematic universe. Um, but it's hard to tell what time will tell in a way. Um, but I, I, um, I don't see any, any like major, uh, seepage into other Spider-Man movies in the near future. I, I mean, I think we're probably pretty safe for like the next, uh, Spider-Verse movie or something. Uh, and since the, uh, MCU Spider-Man has so much to do with all of the other MCU versions of those characters, uh, like, um, it would be hard to take too much from it, um, without it just being, like, an MCU movie. So I, I would think maybe they might try and stay away from that. All right. Oh, before I forget, did you ever uh, get those uh, Marvel graphic novels? Oh, the, uh, um, do you, do you like the digital ones? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get any Marvel ones. I, you, uh, you said year one was, uh, I actually only got DC ones. <laughs> like I said oh, okay. before, I tended to be more interested in DC comics and, and Marvel movies in the past, but. Cause right now they updated the, um, the Marvel one where right now they have the secret war storyline, which is, um, oh. which ends with Peter and Miles living on the same earth. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, and that that's on. Is it on the like the Marvel app or is it on like Comicsology or? It's on the Marvel app. Okay. So yeah, it looks like for the third Spider-Man, it's gonna be the same writers and John Watts coming back to direct. Okay. So probably just be more of the same. I'll have to check. Um. Um. With everything that's going on, the the a lot of uh, local libraries have a, a ton more options. Uh, like I know that um, the library system that I don't work for, but I have a card for, um, is re re like putting their catalog on a new service uh, onto Libby, I think, and OverDrive. So there might be a whole lot of more comics options coming onto there to just check out digitally from the library which is cool to see but um um yeah i i haven't been uh i haven't gotten used to uh reading from a, a digital device too much yet but i've always preferred it with comics than regular books because the pictures look more vivid and it's easier but um so yeah i'll have to check those out soon oh do you know what they also put up for free, what? the the uh, graphic novel of the first ten Spider-Mans. Oh, really? <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I just uh, uh, not too long ago read all that again, so um, I won't need that. But um, all yeah, right. I hope, so I hope some more older Spider-Mans have digital versions because i i've enjoyed some of the older ones more than the newer ones so oh yeah yeah you should really get into the uh j michael's taczynski run okay 
And uh, Ultimate Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, all right. All right. So, two last rabbit hole questions to ask. All right. Are there two separate versions of a franchise that you personally say, screw it, I consider it canon? Um... Well, did you want me to give my two examples yeah, first? Yeah, I might need an example. I'm not positive I understand right, the question, but yeah. So I have two. One is that I personally consider to be canon are the first two Nolan Batman movies and the Ben Affleck Batman. I see. So you just, like, fuse them together. Um, yeah, because... Uh, they're both based on Frank Miller's Batman, and I almost say like it's almost like if they had done the first two Harry Potter books as movies, and then right. they they decide they were gonna do the fifth book, and they said no, they're not canon, but they're based on the sequels. How can they not be? Yeah. Or it's a yeah. little bit like if they said Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogy, they. They're separate things, but they're based on the same thing. Why not yeah. put them together? And honestly, for me, if you watch them together, it makes it feel complete. Like you have all of the Frank Miller era Batman captured in those two. Versus like if you just watch Batman Begins and Dark Knight, it's fun, but you're just like, that's it? But if, And also, it kind of feels like it leads. Like you can see after the events of Dark Knight 20 years later... How that Batman will become the Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah. And the <laughs> other one I personally do is I consider the Sam Raimi Spider-Man canon with uh, the Spider-Verse. I mean, there's only one inconsistency of the web shooters, but for me it's just like, you can feel it. And then also, having those together, it feels complete. Yeah. You're not just like, crap, where was that Spider-Man 4 we were promised? It's just, it's, it feels nice. It's it's tied up in a way. Like, I would love a Spider-Verse, poop, Spider-Verse 2, but I don't really need it. It feels, it feels complete. It feels yeah, done. Yeah, you can kind of turn that into your own personal, personal canon. Uh, I've been, like, it's, I don't, th- there's probably not that many examples for me, especially, like, recent ones, but I suppose... I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but one thing that I do, I I should really rewatch it again uh, for the first time in probably like 15 years or something. But um, the original run of uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, the 2D animated one. uh, Oh, wasn't that made by the guy who created Dexter's Laboratory? Yeah, yeah. I um I was just looking at um. Gendy Tartakovsky. Um, uh, did he make Dexter's Lab? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, yes. Uh, and ooh, Tiny Toon Adventures, Powerpuff Girls, involved in a lot of this stuff. But yeah, I loved that Clone Wars show. And every time I hear people talk about Clone Wars to this day, I always have to remember that they're talking about the new one, which I haven't seen at all. I don't know if it's good. CGI one? Yeah, I don't like how it looks, though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I haven't been inspired, but I love that. Weren't these ones really short? 
I think so. I think they're pretty short. Um, yeah, three to five minutes. I, I remember them being on Cartoon Network, I think, and, like, at the time, like, we've talked about before that as a kid, like, mo- most people have, like, these memories of loving Star Wars as a kid and then growing up and then continuing to like Star Wars. Well, I grew up when the sequels were coming out, and I never got exposed to good Star Wars stuff. You mean the prequels. Uh, uh, yeah, the prequels. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not like nine years old uh, <laughs> growing up with the sequels um uh no because i i i thought that like in particular the, the the name clone wars makes you think of attack of the clones and i thought that movie was probably pretty boring as a kid and didn't get any. Oh, it's it, it's boring now. Still, it is. <laughs> Eighteen years later. But I, yeah, I don't know how that 2003 version holds up. But I kind of almost like to just imagine that like that's the prequels. Like, <laughs> like I don't need to really any of the the prequels except for the Clone Wars TV series. Oh yeah, they said in. Lucasfilm announced in 2012 that it was not not canon anymore. Yeah, that's what I because um, basically I think nothing but the it's nothing but the the saga and like the anthology movies are canon. I think, and I guess maybe the Mandalorian and uh, yeah, but I pretty much anything before that point that wasn't one of the main movies I think is technically not canon now. Which is why I say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I guess last one is when you think of live-action versions of Batman, maybe which one, what is the one that you think of immediately? Which one do you think is the most definitive, and which one do you think feels the most complete? I guess when you you think of Batman, what's a live-action Batman? What, What is the one you think of? Well, I mean, I think the one that I think of immediately and the one I think is necessarily the most complete might be different because the one I think of immediately is uh, is Christian uh, Christian Bale because, uh, you know, that's just the ones I've watched the most and was into at a pivotal time in my life. But if I were to say... Uh, are, are, do you mean like the most complete canon or the most complete like person playing Batman, like a single person? No, like which one do you feel like told the whole story? Um, because then like, I cover, probably covered the most ground. Well, then I then I'd probably say the 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 four eighty nine to the nineties ones. All right. So, do you think there is another there? could be another version of Batman coming up that could tell like as much or more of a more complete story of Batman or do you think it's kind of those were kind of the complete that those are the closest we'll get to like a full like they covered everything um I think they could definitely get closer to like covering everything like i mean when you ask that question i had trouble even thinking of any live action like um or movie batman storyline that i really feel um 
is flawless or has like tells the story perfectly so i think that you know it's challenging but i think that there's still opportunity to do that i think that for me like the one that i think i'm the one that i think did like covered the most ground was the 1987 to 1997 series and i don't think at least in a film series we'll ever get as much of a complete thing as that those original four because when you look at like what the different directors are doing it feels like they're just more focusing on different eras yeah like and it feels like they're just mostly focused on trilogies now so yeah like this matt reeves batman it sounds like he's gonna cover like the younger Batman, the long Halloween Jeff Loeb era. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to move past that. I think they're just going to focus on that era. And when that's it, they'll a new director will focus on a different era, but it will be a different series. Yeah. yeah so I, I think know. unless we... I think that the only version to cover as much ground as those... Um, movies was the Gotham TV show. Yeah, I was kind of. I think that'll probably that... be like. I think that'll probably be the last one where you can be, if you have a checklist, like everything got covered in that one. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that for a, a, an everything got covered checklist, the only thing that I think could really do it is a Batman TV show, and the closest thing. Well, it is a Batman TV show, but Gotham is the closest thing. But even that is like. Not necessarily what you think of when you think of Batman, but like a a, a more comic-based Batman TV show would be the only way to really achieve that, I think. All right. Oh, when we're done with this last question, remind me. I heard maybe talk about. I have now seen two episodes of the Ian Glenn Bet Bruce Wayne from Titans. Oh, really? Yes. So, also, so, when, when you think of Spider-Man, live-action Spider-Man, what one do you think covered the most? Um, well, in that, uh, um, live-action Spider-Man, pro- I mean, probably Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So, do you think there will be another one that will cover as much ground as that one did, or is it just, or will, there won't be, an, like, another one that covers as much as that one? You know, I think now that you say it, I think that might be one of the things that is my problem with, like, the current direction of Spider-Man is that, like, having so much connection to other movies and trying to make it a cinematic universe like it is takes away from things covering ground in just Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, It makes it so you have to connect all these. I think that in a world where... People want comic book movies to be part of a larger universe, and it's less likely that we'll see literally just a Spider-Man trilogy without any other superheroes. I think that until we live in a world again where that could happen, where just a trilogy of Spider-Man movies that don't contain any other Marvel superheroes... Until that, I don't think we will see uh, something uh, like as complete. Um, again, TV shows are the best way to, to cover all the ground, so that would be the other option. But 
Yeah, um, I think it's kind of the same thing. Like when you look at the ones that happened after the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield ones were covering more like the high school Ultimate Spider-Man era, and yeah. like he had Gwen and stuff like that. And when you look at the Russo brothers Spider-Man, it's more him with the Avengers. And when you look at Spider-Verse, it's more about uh, an older Peter Parker and his marriage issues and stuff like that. And the whole yeah. mentoring Miles Morales thing. So, yeah, I, I almost feel like at the first time they bring a character to the screen, they're trying to make it as definitive as possible. And then afterwards, it's kind of, they just focus on different eras because they already did the definitive one. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's right. kind of what I'm thinking. So I just thought of this. All right. Well, we live in a world right now where, you know, right now, superhero franchise being connected is the big thing. Mm-hmm. All right. After the MCU Phase 4... Will there be a Marvel Cinematic Universe, or will they just kind of abandon it and they'll just finish out like Black Panther and Doctor Strange in their own standalone things? Um, I think after Phase Four, that's it. Yeah, I think. I just don't think the interest is there anymore. Like it's over, and honestly, you're kind of overstaying your welcome after Endgame. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the endgame probably felt like an ending for a lot of people, and I, I think it does depend on how these next movies do a little bit, the reception to them. Does any enthusiasm come back as these movies start to, to happen? But I think that it's going to be it's gonna be hard to get that. Like, you're going to have to really deliver to get that enthusiasm back. So, more than likely, I don't... We're definitely... I, I don't... I certainly don't think we're going to see, you know years from now there's another infinity war endgame type of dramatic ending to the next era of marvel movie like i don't think that can happen again do you think after endgame they should have kept going with the mcu or should they just have taken a break for five years and just start over now that they have x-men fantastic four and could do spider-man from the beginning hmm Honestly, I think they should have taken a break and just started over. Because, the, like, the more stuff they put out, like, with now that they're going to TV, the more everything's going to be weighed down by continuity. And, yeah. Kids born today, I hate to say, are not going to go back and watch the first Iron Man because it's too old. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. I, I guess at least. Maybe maybe if they stuck around to finish some of the threads, like, I mean, there are certainly, there are certainly some stories not yet completely, like, I mean, um, I, I definitely think that there being another Thor, there being another Guardians of the Galaxy, um, some of these, like, in, in the Black Widow movie, like, it, it makes sense, but, um... To start an entire another arc that spans several years, and for that to also tie into the broader story is a bit too much. Like, it's it's already amazing that people have latched onto such a um a, 
a broad interconnected uh story as it is like you're already asking a lot of people so to ask even more and for there to start to be a generational issues is is not going to work out so here's my last i guess rabbit hole man did we fall down that thing fast yeah we did all right for the mcu no, I I don't mean to keep on bashing on it because I was a fan, and you know, I'm just curious about what what we think will happen because I would love yeah. to see it come back. Yeah. Do you think it will have a proper finale, or will it just stop when all is said and done? Um, hmm. I mean, I I again, I if it were, I I don't really think. For the same reason as I said, I don't think that an Infinity War Endgame sort of situation can happen again. I don't think that there's a way for there to be much of a, a proper finale. I don't know wh- how they would get to that. Um, uh, what if they, they did, did a finale where they did bring back everyone? Ah. Maybe through Doctor Strange, he brings back alternate versions of Iron Man and Cap and yeah. Hulk. Well, and I just think like the- everyone. I think that's the way. Maybe that's everyone the way, versus Doctor Doom. If the enthusiasm truly is gone and they can recognize that, then I think that that is the way to have one last hurrah and be like, "Oh, you're not interested? Well, remember how excited <laughs> you were when you saw those Infinity War trailers and stuff? Well, it's happening again, and then it's over." Like. I I don't know that that I think that would work. Do you think uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. will come back? Um. Uh, maybe. You know, if it was really sold as a, a one last hurrah kind of thing, the grand or, finale. Maybe if it was smaller parts, I, I don't know. I mean, just imagine one. You'd only need Chris Evans for one scene. To where Doctor Strange brings uh, either fixes Cap or brings an alternate version where he can just, instead of just whispering, Avengers assemble. He holds up his shield and cries out, Avengers assemble! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think if if they decide that... They were going to do like a fin- a proper finale, like they're gonna just properly end it. They're done. Mm-hmm. I think they would come back, but I don't think they will have. I think that it's just. I think eventually, when if there's like an Avengers movie that I think if this Avengers five makes less than a billion, I think it's done. Yeah. I think we're probably just going to see movies come out here and there, maybe less frequently until people start to forget and it just whimpers out of existence. (laughs) Did I tell you that I watched a few episodes of Titans? Which I have to say, I watched season one and it's actually very good. Oh, that's that's good to hear. Those were some awful trailers, but... They were. (laughs) I'd say it's the second best... Uh, DC show behind um, uh, The Flash right now. Oh, yeah. So, I saw the first... You know, I almost wanted to send you a clip to know what you would have thought of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what? Maybe I will send you like a little 30 second clip for you to see real quick. Okay. All right. So they announced that they were going to have a version of Bruce Wayne played by Ian Glenn, I think that. And so after waiting for another Batman a few months later cuz you know we just had Gotham I saw the two yeah. episodes of the England Batman. I gotta say, I really like it. Awesome. I was initially a little hesitant about this bat, this casting because he's a little bit older and he has a Scottish accent. But when you look at him, and if maybe if you Google image the Frank Miller Batman, who they when you read the descriptions, that's what uh, I guess a lot of influence was. He looks a lot like the Bruce Wayne from The Dark Knight Returns. And although it took a minute to get used to his Irish accent, it does give him like a naturally deep voice, almost Kevin Conroy-like. So uh, I was very uh, happy with this cast. I've only seen two episodes, but man, for the first time in a long time, we had Batman and Robin together in live action. Oh, and guess who wrote the episode? Who? It was Jeff Johnson and Kiva Goldsman who who wrote Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Oh, really? Sounds a little like Sean Connery or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it does give him like a na- just more like a naturally deeper voice. Yeah, it kind of makes it so it doesn't sound as forced. Yeah. So the whole season was about. Um, season one was about Dick kind of not wanting to turn into Batman. This is kind of where they see each other again for the first time. So, uh. Now, you've only seen a little bit, but what did you think about this new television version of Batman? Wow. Um, I'm pretty impressed by it, uh, even though I saw only a little bit. Um, definitely comes across very well like a sort of old... I mean, it's supposed to be sort of an older Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, that that's pretty. That's a pretty good uh, performance as an older Bruce Wayne. I also like how, unlike you know, in the movies we're going back to a younger Batman. But on TV, we have like a more experienced Batman who has had two Robins, and they say Batgirl might appear in Titans season three. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> and also they oh another news, this Bruce Wayne's coming back for season three Titans. Oh yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, I've only seen he's. I know he's in five episodes of season two. I've seen his first two, and I know he's in the finale. And there's one episode called Bruce Wayne, which I'm assuming he's in. Otherwise, why call the episode that? Yeah, <laughs> but th- there's one. When I get through season two, there's one episode. I don't know what he'll, he'll pop up. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. In a way, it's like we got Gotham season six. <laughs> all right all right so thank you for listening to comment section that's all we have for today and would you please continue falling down that rabbit hole